0: As I was praying about what to share um, for the month of January, I, I tend to pray not, Lord, what I'm going to share next Sunday, but, Lord, what do you want me to share for the month? Amen. I'm, I'm already in February now. I'm going to March. That's how far I prepare myself. So I can study to show myself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what the word of God says. And so today, I, I, I wanted to share about, about what does it really mean or the or the dichotomy, or the comparison, what does it really mean to be a son of God versus being a, a, a slave? Because we, 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 we struggle with this, with this thing in the church. You know, we say, Lord, he's my master. He's my master. Only a slave has a master, okay? Only, on, 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 only a slave has a master. So are we slaves or are we sons of God? Now, when we would take sons of God, that includes the woman too. So it's not to, to put off the woman like, I'm a daughter of God. Yes, you are a daughter of Zion. That's what the scripture says. But we want to talk about your spiritual inheritance. Because we all have inheritance. The question is, do slaves have inheritances? No. Do sons have inheritances? So we're going to talk about what the difference is between being a slave and being a son. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you today, and we thank you for this day in which we can seek your face, God. Father, I pray that you speak truth to your people today, that you will open up our understanding, that you will illuminate our hearts today, that you will speak to us, Lord God, your very words from heaven, Lord. Even as we declared in worship, your very words spoken to me, oh God, because we're desperate. We want to hear from you today. We do not want to leave, oh God, this hall, this church, the same way we came today. We need a word from you. So Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Give us words today. Give us life today. Give us hope today. Encourage us today. Deliver us today. Set our hearts and our minds free today. Remove the bondages that, 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 that try to bind and choke us today. And we pray for liberation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor real quick and say, Neighbor, are you a slave or a son? I think you had the wrong person. I don't think they understood what you meant. Try somebody else. and say, Neighbor, are you a slave or a son? Amen, amen. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 3, it says we were in slavery Under the basic principles of the world. We were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. Another scripture says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive. Someone who's captive, they're a what? A slave. Through the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ rather than on Christ. The very thing that makes us a slave today is not Jesus Christ. The thing that makes us a slave today is religion. It's religion. That's the difference between a son or, or versus a slave. Religion makes you a slave. We, 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 we know about the religious principles of the world that see to it that you, you're not enslaved under the basic principles of the world. What are the basic principles? What's the religious principles of this world? What, what do they tell you when you embrace religion? It says, um, um, you've got to do more. I've, I've got to do more. And so you, you see people who embrace religion, any religion now. And they're constantly doing, 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 doing. They're they're doing works. If 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 you're Jehovah Witness, you're, you're out there you're knocking on doors and and, and and passing out your your, your watchtower stuff. You you're working. Sad to say, in the church, you gotta work. You gotta do it. You gotta do God is watching. You gotta do something. You gotta do something. You gotta do something. You gotta do something. And you're working and you're working and you're working and you're working and you're working. You got to do more. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. You, you you got to do more. Religious principles of the world, the the, the mindset is that I have to do this. I have to do this. There's there's no other choice. I I have to do it. It's almost like if you're forced into something. You're controlled into something. I was watching a a movie with my wife on Friday. I'm trying to think of the name. It's a movie that, that, it's a cartoon movie that deals with owls. You remember the name of that? The Guardians. Yes. And God is basically was, 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 was talking about in one part of the movie that basically these these, these, these little owlets, these baby owls, got taken captive by this group. They called themselves the, the 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 pure the pure the pure ones. And the pure ones basically were saying that you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do that. And they were dictating, and actually they were just really corrupt and demonic. Amen. Till the actual guardians had to do war with them. But that's how it is in the world today. With people who say, you have to do this, I, you have to do more. That's not enough. That's what religion tells you to do. It's not enough. It's not enough. And sad to say, we do it in the church too. It's not enough. It's not enough. You have to do more. Are you a son or are you a slave? And then the most famous thing that religion tells you to do is that you can't do that. You have a long list of don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. You can't come to to church with braising your hair like that. Why you got that lipstick on your lips for? Where's your tie, brother? You're not supposed to come to church like that. Why you got that pin in your hair? You're not supposed to be riding in God's house and we just hear this don't and don't and don't and don't and and, and you don't even want to come to church anymore. You don't even want to be a part because it's just a whole list. What can I do? You're telling me, what can't I do? What can I do? And so that's the that, that's the principles of this world, the religious principles. And if you look in any religion today, including Christianity, unfortunately, because there's some people who, who, who take this approach, you wind up finding yourself in slavery. You find yourself in bondage. You find yourself on this performance of mindset that I have to perform, I have to do, I have to show people, I have to display that I am this big spiritual giant. And that's not the mindset that God wants you to have. Are you a slave today or a son? Religion makes you a slave. Let's go to the second point. But relationship makes you a son of God. Relationship makes you a son of God. i going quick today. Relationship makes you a son of God. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Okay, what's this law stuff? The law, the Bible talks about the law of sin and of death. Before Jesus Christ came, everybody that was born was born under this law of sin and death. We still are born under that today. But Jesus came and he broke that, okay, through the immaculate perception. We talk about Mary, we just celebrate Christmas and all that good stuff. Jesus had to come born of a virgin birth to break that. Why? To redeem those from under the law. In other words, to set us free from slavery that we might receive... The full rights of sons. What are the full rights of sons? The full rights of sons, it means that it's our inheritance. Whatever the Father has is what we have. That's why I don't understand how Christians can call themselves children of God, but yet have such a poor mindset, because if you call yourself a child of God, that means everything that God has, you have. God has sent his son, he, is, he has given us healing, he has given us deliverance, he has given all the things that we need in this life, but yet we call ourselves Christians, and we act like we have nothing. Are we a slave, or are we a son? See, in Jewish culture, especially being the firstborn son, you got the main inheritance. You got the goods. The firstborn, you were written in the will. You got the goods. Everything that you needed psh, was handed, was imputed, was given to you. When, when dad died, you got the good. You, you were the head of the household. You didn't take care of mama if she was still around, and all your other brothers and sisters. You were the head person. They got stuff too, but you got the bulk of it because being the firstborn, being the son, the most of responsibility was placed on you. Being a son of God... We have the goods. We have the goods. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Come on. The born of God, the first born of God, his only begotten son. We have the goods. Big brothers taking care of us. He's watching. You no, know, he died for us. So we could be a part of the family. So you can get in on the goods we talk about my God that so supply all of my needs that cause of my riches the glory of Christ. You don't even know what that means. You think riches always mean money. You think glory always means, oh, glory just means, you know, this and that. No. It's the fullness. It said that you might have, in Galatians 4, 5, it says that you might receive the full rights of sons. The problem is in Christendom today, we don't know who we are as sons of God. We don't realize the power, the authority that we have as children of God. If you knew you was a child of God, you would walk different. When you go on on that job interview, there will be something different about you. You're sick. You're a child of God. Come on. I was going on my mother said, "Put your shoulders up. You're a Shadwick." you got to know who you are. Come on. Don't let them see with your head down. You're a Shadwick. Put your head up. Come on, you know you have parents like that. You're a Torres. Put your head up. You're a Caruncio. Put your head up. We've gone through thick and thin in our family. We still made it. Put your head up. But I'm mean here to tell you, you're a child of God today. Put your head up. Stop walking in a low mindset. Woe is me. Just trying to make another day. How you doing, sister? I'm all right. Just praying my strength in the Lord. That's not a child of God. You in slavery. God wants you to walk in freedom today. He said to redeem those under the law. That, 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 that word in the original text, we know the Bible was not originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek. Amen. The New Testament is written in Greek. That Greek word for the word redeem is the word exoga Excuse me. I've got to get it right. Exagorazo. And that word means to ransom, to purchase, to set free. In other words, Jesus came to redeem us. He came to ransom us. He came to purchase us. He came to set us free. What's a ransom? Okay, a ransom is this. I rob a bank. I'm holding people hostage. They said, okay, I said, for a million dollars, you can have these people. I'm holding them for ransom. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate debt. What? To sin. What? To Satan. What? To set us free. So he paid the ultimate price that you can get out of your place of slavery and be free. That's what he did. He said, How much is going to cost us to save the world? How much? How much is going to cost to save the world? It's going to cost um, your life. Okay, I got to die. Now. I, I, I got to come I got to set the free. I got to come and set the captives free. I don't want you to operate in slavery. I want you to operate in freedom. That's why the Bible says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. There is freedom. God wants you to be free. He wants to set us free today. Now here's the difference between sons and slaves. Sons and slaves. The difference between sons and slaves. The slave is driven by duty. You've got to. That religious mindset. You've got to do it. You have to do it. Come on. You're know, on the clock. Let's go. But the sun is driven by devotion. I want to do it. I long to do it. It's a passion in me to do it. No one has to tell me to do it. I want to be here. It's not because they, 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 they sent me an email. They said, come on. No, part of me wants to be here. It's a devotion. I'm building a relationship. Come on, think about where you fall in love. Come on, ladies. What that God calls you? And you're like, okay, all right. He don't have to beg you to come. You're waiting for him to call you to come. You're like, come on, call me. Where going to call me? It's your devotion. You, you, you want to do it. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. He said, if you love me, you don't want to do no wrong to me. Because sin offends God. It hurts his feelings. God has feelings. That's why I say if you regard iniquity in your heart, in other words, if you're walking in and sin and you're trying to talk to me, it's offensive to me. I can't hear from you. So you come, in, do you come to me in a place of repentance saying that you're sorry? Just like someone pissed you off and gets you upset. You don't want to talk right now. until so they're ready to really talk and say, you know, I'm sorry for the way I, I said that. I'm sorry for what I did. God is the same way. That's right. If you love me, you will obey what I command. No one has no no, no no one has to control you and tell you what to do or, want, or, or what not to do. God will deal with you. God will deal with you. God will deal with you. We're so quick in the church. Don't wear that dress like that. You need to put on some pants or oh, don't wear pants. And the, the Holy Spirit would deal with people's hearts. He would deal with people's hearts. We're busy telling people no 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 no. That's out of relationship. Let me tell you something, as, as you get closer to God, you'll feel like you don't need to wear that no more. you feel like you don't need to do that no more. You'll feel like you don't need to hang around that person no more. you feel like you need to get out of that situation. Why? Because God is working on your heart. And because that devotion is getting stronger and stronger, the things you used to do, you don't do anymore. And he's taking you from darkness into his marvelous light. He's taking you from slavery into being a son. A obedient son. The difference between sons and slaves. The slave is poor. How you doing? Well, I just can't catch up on my bills. I just can't, you know. That's a slave. I'm not saying we can go through lean times. The force said whether I'm abounding or abasing, if I'm going up, if I'm going down, I'm gonna still have that, that contentment in my heart and give God praise. So I'm not saying that we're not gonna go through moments, but this is a thing called the spirit of poverty, y'all. And The spirit of poverty means you just stay low. You always broke. You never have nothing. You never can ever save a dime. That's a spirit. That's a poor mindset. Got to come against that. Got to break that. Some of that stuff is generational. Grandpa was broke. Mama broke. Now you broke. That's the spirit. And you're always blaming the man. And man, he and she and, and point your fingers. No, it's you. And Jesus could set you free. Come on now. Come on. The slave is poor. The slave don't got nothing. But the son is rich. The son is rich. The son has all that he needs. The son wants for nothing. Because whatever the son needs, dad will provide. Come on. Everything the son needs, God will give it to him. The son is rich. It says, so you, Galatians 4, 7, are no longer a slave, but a son. Since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. An heir. I'm talking about the Prince of Bel-Air. I'm talking about an heir. You are an heir to all that God has for you. You are an heir to God. Co-heirs with Christ. That's what the scripture says. So you have to know that you're rich today. See, sometimes you gotta talk to yourself. Come on. You have to have your own counseling sessions with yourself. Get in the mirror. Talk to yourself. Remind yourself that you are. A child of God that you are a son amen and that what God has for you it is for you and though though you might not feel like it and though currently you don't see it but you have to believe it because God is not like men that he shall lie and whether he's spoken it shall come to pass so you have to have that mindset you, you got to talk to yourself. Come on. Now, there's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. Now, if you answer back, then there's nothing wrong. But if you talk to yourself, there's nothing wrong. Look in the mirror. Talk to yourself. Encour- what did David do? He, David, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He says, it's going to get better. I'm going to come out of this one. I know how God's gonna do it, but God's gonna do it. I don't know how I'm gonna make it, but God's God gonna do it. I don't know how I'm gonna pay this bill this month. Lord, I, I'm gonna write this tie check, but I'm gonna be a little short. But God, you said to give what, what's due to you first. I'm 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 am going gonna give it to you. I don't know how this is gonna work. I know what you're gonna do with my daughter, God, but God, you're gonna do something with her. You know, I don't see you know, she's just out partying, acting a fool right now. But I'm just gonna trust you. You know, my wife don't want to speak to me right now, Lord. But I'm I'm just gonna trust you. You're gonna work on it. I'm gonna stick to your word. I'm your son. I'm your heir. All that I need, you will supply for me. When you're a son, you have special privileges. When I go to my mother's house to this day, and I go visit, if I have other guests with me. What does the guest sit? The guest sit in the living room. I can go in the bedroom. The kitchen. Open up the fridge. What you got in here, Mom? God, I need that. I need this right here. I live ten doors down from my mother, so I need this right here. I need, we need something to drain. You got some leftovers? I'm gonna take that. What does the guest do? Just sit there in the living room and just wait to be served. You're a child of God. Stop. Stop standing around in the living room. Come on, go throughout the house. Come on, come on. You see, that's the problem. You have the you have the wrong mindset. Take your shoes off. Relax. Amen. Come on. I go in my mother's bedroom. What's up? How y'all doing? Come on. You got the big flat screen in there? All right. Let's watch some TV. Hey. Come on. Stranger can't do that. But come on. I'm a son. I got privileges. You're a child of God. You got privileges. Are you a son or are you a slave? Today. Come on. That's what the word of God says. You are heir of God. You got privileges. He said you can come to the throne of grace Boldly. Boldly. Not with Lord. If you hear this prayer. No, nah, Lord, you hear this prayer. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm the child of God. You hear me. I'm coming boldly. You know what I need today. Give me this day my daily bread. For great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need of, your hand will provide today. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Come on, there's some things that do me because I'm a child of God. But if you don't ask, you ain't going to get nothing. You have not because you, come on, you got privileges. You got benefits. The Bible says he daily loaded us with benefits. Daily, that that means if you go to the mailbox of heaven, there is a package for you every morning. All that you need is you through the day. So the problem is something you're going through because you leave your package there. If you go to your mailbox, it's full. He said, give us this day. What Jesus said, he was teaching them how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. What's daily bread? It's, It's the thing that you need to survive for the day. Oh, my God. I hope you get this. Bread is what you need to survive. It's when you're hungry. You need you need something to sustain you. You need something to keep you. Give us this day, our, our, our daily bread, of everything that's going to help you to get through your day. When you know when you know you, you know you don't have no energy when you eat, when we don't eat, excuse me. You know you feel fatigued, You feel tired. Your stomach stop growling. You are in need. You you can't be the best that you can be on an empty stomach, unless you're fascinated to sustain you. Give us this day. Our daily bread. The provisions that are due for me today, bring it now. You know, that's why I support the prayer in the morning. David said, early will I seek thee. Why? I I couldn't understand it because I like praying at night. Early, you know why? Because your prayer sets the course of your day. It sets the course of your day. God knows what type of trouble you're going to run through out today. He knows about that situation that's going to meet you, so you walk on your job. He knows about that text that's going to come at nine o'clock. He knows about your boss that's going to be irate and piss you off later. He knows about all the stuff that's going to go wrong. Pick up your daily bread, get the strength that you need, and then he'll help you to endure the rest of the day. But see, the problem is we pick up our daily bread every other day. I don't do it every day, just every other day. You need your daily bread every day. Every day. That was a free one. I wasn't even in the message. That was for y'all. That's a free download. It just comes. Get your daily bread. Did you get your daily dose this morning? Well, my daily dose is going to be in church. But well, You need to pray every day. Pray for the church service. Lord, bless pastor this morning. Did y'all pray for me? I need to get some intercessors. Join. I don't know if people are praying for me. Come on. covering y'all. Y'all cover your pastor. Come on, I get it first. And I get it hard. We get it hard, don't we? Come on. But we got to fight. Give me this day. My daily bread. You daily load us with benefits. All that I need to get through, you give it to me. Because we're rich. Slave is poor. Slave got a bag. Kind sir, would you please just spare me a cup of water? No, I can just go to the king's table. Can I have my bread, please? I have servants. My father has servants. Come on, I got angels that deliver it to me. Come on. I don't have to beg. Come on. I, I, I expect. I come boldly. I know who I am. You don't see President Barack Obama. Can, y'all let, can you let? open the door for me, please? You know, I'm the president of the United States of America. I carry authority. Come on. I walk in authority. I don't even need to tell you who I am. You know who I am by the way I carry myself. It's in my name. I'm the president. It's in my name. I'm a child of God. I am a Christian. You know what Christian means? Little anointed one means little Jesus. Come on. I am I'm a child of God. I carry it in my name. It's who I am. I walk like it. I act like it. I'm not some slave. I'm not begging God for stuff. Come on. I'm declaring and decreeing stuff. There's a difference. Lord, please. Can you, Lord? Can you, Lord? I don't need to go through all that. That's a slave. That's under the old covenant. You've got to beg God for stuff. I don't have to beg God for stuff. I ask in faith and believe. And I receive it. That's what you need to do. The slave has a master. The son has a father. Galatians 4, 6, because you're my sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. (laughs) Abba, Father. That's an intimate call. Daddy, Abba, Father. Intimate call. I speak to God, it, it's intimate. We talked about prayer last Sunday. Communicating with God. We when, you, when you're praying on a regular basis, it's intimate. It's intimate. You could get right to the chase. You, you could cut through all the stuff and just get right to the heart of the situation. We have a relationship. Get right to the crux of the problem. Because it's intimate. He wants that intimacy. That's the difference. Now, see, the things that we deal with as believers, that we fight with, and first of all, one of the major things that I dealt with when I first became a, a Christian was that I don't feel worthy because of my past. or some of you, because of your present. I don't feel worthy. I, I, I tried, but I've done some crazy stuff. I've done some messed up stuff. I think I jacked myself up for the rest of my life, it feels. I'm not worthy. But you have to understand something. That the son knows that he's not worthy or she's not worthy. We know that we're not worthy because we've been bought with a price. We don't deserve the benefits that God gives us. We don't deserve it. But he gives it to us anyway. Luke 15, 19 says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. This now, now we're talking about the story of the prodigal son. He told his father after he went out and squandered everything that he had. He said, I'm no worthy. I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. He said, make me like one of your hired men. He said, I'm not worthy. If you read the story of the prodigal son, what did the father do? The father loved her. He said, no, nah, you're my son. That don't change nothing. Parents, is not the type of love you have to have for your kids. Even if they're off doing something that you don't want them to do. Even, even if they're not serving God, I still love you. That's what your heavenly father does. He sits there and he waits for you to come on home. But you might kick and buck and hide and, 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 and run away, he's still waiting there every day. Just waiting for you. He'll wait for the rest of your life till you get the point. He'll let you get beat the heck up. He'll beat you. He'll let life beat the hell out of you. He'll just sit there and just watch. And he said, You ready now? If you think about it, most of you came to Christ when you was going through a hardship. <laughs> Something happened and he said, Lord, <laughs> I'm a father. I need you right about now. And he said, okay. come into my arms. I'm here for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm going to take you. I'm, I, I paid the ransom for you. Come on out of slavery. Come into relationship with me. Come and be my son. That's the type of love that he has for you. That's the type of love he wants you to experience today. The son knows that he's not worthy. He knows that he's not worthy. It's the problem with the slave mindset. See, the slave mindset is another story in Luke chapter 15, verse 29. And this is the other son that's talking the slave falsely believes he is worthy because of the work that he does. He believes he is worthy. The slave mindset is, I done this, and I did this and I do that. That's how you know when people do things for the wrong for the wrong or the right reason. I get people in the church and the service team, I did this, and I come every Sunday and I do that. I was like, uh, oh, you gotta check your spirit because 'cause you're doing it for the wrong reason. Your devote you're doing this as unto the Lord, not unto the pastor. You do unto me that you don't need to do it. You do unto Jesus. That's your personal conviction, your personal commitment to him for being his son. Luke 15, 29 says, Look, all these years I've been what? Slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet You never gave me even a young goat so I could even celebrate with my friends. Because when the prodigal son came home, they threw a big feast. The father said, here, put a ring on his finger, put a robe on his head. Come on, come on, let's kill the fatty calf, the biggest calf you could find. Let's party it up. Because the Bible says, when one soul commits their life to Christ, when one person becomes a follower of Jesus, the Bible says, all of heaven rejoices. The Bible says, even the angels Rejoice in heaven. They have a party every time someone says, What must I do to be saved? So this prodigal son came back in, but his older brother, he said, Father, I've been with you. I've been slaving for you. He lost the relationship. He became a slave, even though he was a son. And some of us today, we're sons of God, we're children of God, but we still act like we're a slave. We still have that slave mindset. A God who wants to eradicate that mindset from us today. Oh, Lord, he's my master. Yeah, he's the master. He's the master of the sea. I know we sing the song. Heard my despair and cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe and mine. Because what? Love lifted me. And we sing to him, it sounds so beautiful. But he's your father. He's your father. Now, see, the problem with fathers is that See the way that God created the family. You know God created family, right? And so He created family. You know, you know now. You know every family is dysfunctional. Show me a functional family. There's no such thing. Ever since the fall, ever since sin has entered the world, every family is dysfunctional. Every marriage has a dysfunction. Every one of you has a dysfunction. Some of you I can see clear as day. And some of you I get to know you and see you after a while. I'll know what it is. So we all are dysfunctional because that's the mark of sin in our lives. Amen? But as we come to Christ, He helps us to overcome those things and He changes our character and do all those different things to make us more like Him. But when God created the first family, Adam and Eve, and they had their children. The father in the household was supposed to be a representation of what the heavenly father is like. I see Dwayne back there now with his daughter, and she's and and she's just laughing, whatever. That's how he's painting a picture of what the heavenly father is like. So he says, "Sage, your heavenly father loves you. He loves me, Daddy. Yes, he loves you, like you love me, Daddy." like the way I love you, but even greater. Even greater than the way I can love you. Even greater the way you love me, Daddy. Yeah, even greater. Oh, my God, I want to know this heavenly father. Raise up a child in the way they should go, when they get older, they out not depart. So the problem is, we didn't have good fathers in our household. So we talk about a heavenly father, we think about our earthly father, because that's the only example of fatherhood that we had. And so when we hear fatherhood, we're like, well, <laughs> my father was a deadbeat daddy. <laughs> My father was a rolling stone. We, we had a couple sets of, 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 of different children. I had different fathers, depending on which one my mother wanted to be with that day. Come on. Or well, I never had a father growing up. I just had Uncle Tom and Cousin Bell, you know, whatever. And so when we think heavenly father, our perception of who God is is skewed by our earthly father. But you have to understand that God has such a love for you that even if you had a poor example of what a father is, He wants to show you how much He loves you. He wants to display His love for you. I didn't have a father that was always that was, that was always present. My father always provided. That's why I have su- that's why I have such a faith in God that my God's gonna provide today. Why? Because I, I saw that from my father. My father always provided. Every time I needed shoes, sneakers food, all that stuff. He always provided. Always had money. Always, o- o- always had everything I need to this day. What you need for the church? So I I, I take that. And I project it to God. God, you're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Oh, you're going to provide. I have no doubt about that. So that's why my faith can endure longer in terms of provision to other people. Because I got that from my earthly father, and now I apply it to my heavenly father. But the part that I deal with is the relational aspect. Because I didn't have a good relationship with my father emotionally. When I had conversations, it'd be like, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Father? All right. I'm doing good. Okay, that's it. And I've been in a conversation. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Happy Father's Day. Happy birthday, Father. That'll that be it. And so I struggled maintaining an intimate relationship. So guess what? I struggled at with my heavenly father. I struggled in prayer. Only a special event? Okay, I'll get it. Begin the year. Okay, we'll get real spiritual now. Yes, 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 Lord, yes, Lord. But then, after years, like, okay, I pray. Yeah, hey, God, how you doing? All right, just do God on the run. The intimacy is lacking. See, you have to find out what's lacking in your life, because I'm guaranteeing you, what you saw in your father, you're trying to see it in God, and it ain't there. And so, God is going to help you this year. He's going to help you today. To see him in a whole different light, because he's saying, "I'm not like your father. I'm not like your father. I'm not like that man. Good, good attributes, yes, but the bad ones, that's not me. Don't get me confused. Don't get me twisted with him. I'm, I, I have a love for you. I have a love for you. I, I I've proven myself." Through my son. I gave my son for you. I want you to be part of my family. Before Jesus died, the blessing of Abraham, the blessing, the promises of God, was only for the Jewish people. That's who it was for. But Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, that whosoever believe in him shall, but have ever. Lasting life for the world. He said, I want the Gentiles to come in. Gentiles are non-Jews. I want the Gentiles to come in. If Jesus did not die, we would not be a part of the family. The Bible says we are engrafted in. We don't stick out. We are engrafted in. Think about what they do with skin grafts. Some of my medical folk. They graft that skin so it looks perfectly just like the skin that wasn't there. You've been engrafted in. You've been adopted in. Everything that the Jews had, you got there. Technically, you're spiritual Jews. You had the blessing of Abraham on your life. You have, the, you have access to the precious promises of God on your life. See, the older brother thought it was tied to performance. It's not about performance. That's slavery mindset. But the younger brother learned through his experience, that it was tied to relationship.
1: God wants to have
0: a relationship with you today. I'm closing. Galatians 4, chapter 8 through 9. For only when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning Back to those weak and miserable principles. He said, Don't go back to the world. Don't don't think like they used to think or like you used to think. Come out of that mindset. He said, Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? God wants to set us free today. Beautiful song says he wants it all today. He wants it all today. He wants you to give him everything from the past. Maybe you're carrying something today. And as I'm speaking, God is illuminating it in your heart that is causing you to act like a slave. Act like a slave. On your job, maybe you are functioning like a slave. In your marriage, maybe you're functioning like a slave. In your health, maybe you're functioning like a slave. You don't realize that you are a child of God. That you are an heir of God. That you are co with Jesus Christ today. God wants to have a relationship with you today. Well, Pastor, I've been saved. I, I walk with the Lord. I I, I, I know God. I, I I know Jesus. Yeah, yeah I, I know all that stuff. Yeah, I said the sentence prayer and stuff like that. But I guarantee you, there's some area in your life, I don't care how long you've been saved. I've been saved over 17 years. There's areas in my life where I act, I'm functioning, like a slave. The grace of God is sufficient for you. All that you need God to do, he'll do. He'll do. God wants you to tap into his grace today. That's the favor. That's the riches. The very thing that you need, he has for you today. Embrace the Father's love today. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to embrace his love. I'm going to have my wife come now. And I want you to listen to the words of this song as she ministers and dances. He wants it all today. He wants you to surrender it all today. Then I'll be back and pray with you.
1: Child that will give a man, give it all. He wants it all, and there's a God that wants over the earth. He's searching for a heart that is desperate and longing for a child that will give. i